0: Welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Stephen
1: McNally. We are your home for F1 racing on this side of the pond. On today's show, we will talk about Mercedes and how they've grown a pair of side pods.
0: (laughs) And Fernando Alonso, is he going to be regretting how this race turned out?
1: We'll take a look at our predictions at the end of the pod to see how we fared.
0: But first, Steve, let's talk about that crazy finish, right? And what I alluded to earlier, is Fernando going to be regretting a missed opportunity?
1: Uh, I, I think in hindsight, yes. Some, some of the uh, you know data came out that his, uh, his delta time to Max, if he would have made the right call of switching from uh, slick tires to intermediate when the rain hit, would have put him in front of Max, and that gives him position on the track. And we know that's the most important thing to have in Monaco.
0: Right. And this is one of those things where I feel like it's always, you know, we talk about decisions in the paddock, right? What are they going to do? What are the team decisions going to do? You wonder how much Fernando played into those. I know Fernando knows his car. He's a very smart driver, very strong driver. Probably one of the best drivers out there on the, you know, on the grid when it comes to just the perfect, uh, I guess, look of things, right? He can know what everyone else is doing while he's also driving a top-notch car he's got a ton of experience he's a champion but you just don't know where that decision comes from but this is one of those things you know the rain's coming and i know it's a bit of a surprise but you still knew it was coming they have radar so you have some time to play out that strategy and you feel like what do you have to lose there i know they're competitive and they're going up against mercedes for the top two teams right but what does fernando have to lose there by switching over to the intermediates when it's going to rain
1: yeah i you know when you have wet weather if it's a dry track that goes wet typically the team is making the call because they have more information than the driver they can see where like you said the rain is coming on the radar The driver doesn't have that available so it's typically a team call if it's a wet track that's turning dry they rely on the driver to make that call because they're out on the track they can feel the grip levels they kind of have the the insight that the team doesn't have so Aston Martin looking at you know the radar hearing back radio calls rain is only happening in one section of the track You know, they didn't expect rain. If it was going to be rain, it was going to be light. And it started in that, you know, sector two area where it's, you know, a little bit downhill, tight, treacherous. So it's like the least ideal place for it to rain. I guess they were just convinced that it wasn't going to be, you know, building up or getting any more steadier. That they could just make the change, get the pit stop ahead of Max, undercut him, and... Get that track position and quote unquote weather the, the wet rain and just have to worry about that one section of the racetrack. But as we know, the rain got harder and they had to make an additional stop. And uh, ultimately, you know, it, it didn't cost him any positions, it just cost him the chance to win.
0: Yeah, uh, seemed like Max got a couple of good lucky breaks for him this particular time around. Although he didn't need them because he was just very good. It's not taking anything away from Max, but when you're good and you get luck, it's like you, you're—it's hard to beat you, right? Yeah, but um, I mean, let,
1: let's—he—he he pulled away at the, at the start. He maintained a gap. He—he uh, he and Alonso broke away from everybody else in the field. They had a, a pit stop in hand. at from everybody else third down so it didn't matter when they stopped or you know, they weren't in any position other than being at first and second uh, and max I, again uh, another kind of master class on uh, you know stretching out a tire stint he went you know 50 laps on medium tires which you know has has been a, a b in our bonnet all year about you know the pirelli's just lasting too long and taking a lot of strategy out of the hands of people and you shouldn't be able to you know extend that long especially on a set of mediums
0: well you if you listen to helmet marco max is just reaching another another level he's a tire whisperer now i think that's overly favorable to max don't get me wrong i think he is learning how to you know take advantage of his car. He is a young driver still. We, we would maybe overlook that with Max. He's not even probably at his peak performance. Uh, if he if he's not already reached it, he will soon. But um, I, I think that's a little bit overstatement, guys. I mean, come on. We've seen tires by many people be uh, dragged out over the course yeah. of this short uh, season. Logan uh, and, Sargent
1: did 50 laps in Miami. Like, you think he's a right. tire whisperer? Or just, you know, that's how, how Don't the Don't get me goes.
0: wrong. Max is doing this at a... Uh, at a high level, right? He he's leading yes. the race and not losing ground, right? But um it's not very you don't have to drive your car very hard when you don't got many people chasing you and um you know, you're out and just clean win and just doing whatever, but uh, you know, and uh for all the changes that we saw, I think you could probably say some positive things about Mercedes finishing fourth and fifth. Um hell of a day by Esteban, which started when he qualified that high. It's just one of those things about Monaco as much as there was some up and downs and some, some actual things being done during the race and some gains and and losses. A lot of people ended up right where they were. Not, not much moving. Right.
1: Right. I I mean, Esteban led the train essentially. um, And, you know, just fast enough managed to pit where he needed to pit Um, you know, I think Lewis was maybe a tad unlucky because he was one of the first people to, you know, hop in and and pit. It It was basically his pit stop was the one to trigger anybody, you know, in the top 10 starting to pit because, uh, there had been some teams further down who just, uh, you know, had some damage, needed to change some wings and, and. You know, had pit stops, but Lewis was the first of the front runners to, to make his stop. And had he been able to stretch it to the rain, yeah, I'm sure he would have been in front of uh, Esteban by the time the race was over. Certainly, George thought he was, but George committed uh, at least two errors on his own that you know cost him position on the track. Um, so he was kind of ruining his own mistakes, but again. Uh, I don't think I've heard anybody on the radio as much this year asking to either swap places with their teammate, let them by. I'm faster than my teammate in front of me. Um, It's getting to be kind of a pattern with him.
0: Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I do believe George bumbled the bag a little bit. He probably had a chance to make the podium had he not made those mistakes. Yeah, yeah, because
1: he stayed out longer than Lewis like uh they decided to pit lewis first because he was running in front so he gets pit preference and if it didn't rain it would have worked out for lewis um and it just kind of worked out that <laughs> russell shot himself in the foot uh and basically gave away the gift that he got with the rain coming in and you know one uh kind of outbraked himself and then at another time reversed back into checo getting himself his 5 second penalty Uh, He eventually drove enough gap to not have the penalty account for anything, but he had already lost uh, two positions from not getting the correct... uh, uh, Basically, not not managing the wet weather on the inners as soon as he came out of the pits.
0: Right, And, and George acknowledged that. He's ruining the fact that he missed out on a podium because of his own mistakes. So, I mean... You know, not a bad day for Mercedes, you know, a little bit of bad luck. They still ended up fourth and fifth, right? Um, I think the performance was there a little bit better. And I know this this car was meant to be shown off um, in Italy, but we got it here first. So I'm a little bit curious when we see it in a different kind of race setup, how it will perform. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, know, they essentially that.
1: did uh, three big upgrades. Obviously, the side pods are like the biggest talking point because that's the most visual, uh, significant change. Uh, they kind of look like the rest of the cars on the grid. They're, they're not holding on to that uh, one-of-a-kind, zero uh, side pod concept. Uh, but they also changed the front suspension and parts of the floor. So And, and again, at, at a track like this, that's slow... Um, and you don't have high or even medium speed corners. Uh, we're gonna have to wait till next week in Spain to see how they, you know, really affect
0: uh, their pace. Right, and you know a few other teams to talk about. Not a bad day at all for Alpine. Pierre Gasly also seventh um, and in the points. Um, so can't complain there at all for the the all French team there and which which is big for them
1: because they got, uh, you know, a a public, uh, dressing down after, uh, Miami.
0: Right. So maybe they're the kinds of folks who respond to that. Um, Ferrari, again, this is just a little bit of hit and miss, you know, and I, I know Charles seems to have this curse on him, but, um, Charles, Goes to him's home race, finishes sixth, doesn't qualify the way he needs to, has a little bit of bad luck early on. Um, same thing with Carlos. Uh, Carlos going into his home race uh, next week, um, as well as, you know, Fernando Alonso's home race. But just, it's interesting to have Ferrari's uh, two drivers have their home races back to back. And I just don't think the performance is at the point right now where either is going to be happy with how they finish.
1: Right. I You know, they had... A lot uh, to look back on this weekend. Obviously, Charles qualified third, but because impeding Lando in the tunnel during qualifying, which is kind of on the team for not communicating, although there was a gentleman's agreement in place to not slow down in the tunnel, so it's like 50-50, his his engineer not letting him know where traffic is, and he's slowing down the wrong place anyway, so it's kind of a slam-dunk penalty. He drops down. Uh, Carlos, who was fast all weekend, looked strong. He was someone I thought could make it into that third spot on the podium. But uh, a couple of unforced errors, was trying to push some overtakes in the race, ended up running into the back of Magnussen, uh, breaking a part of his wing, and he ended up racing with the broken, ring, broken wing excuse me, the rest of the time because the, the pit stop would have just taken way too much time to swap out noses. Um, but then when it came to the wet weather they were running back to back and essentially were racing each other to get back to the pits first on slick tires on a wet road um, and they were going to have to double stack no matter what so here they are like racing each other to try to get in there first and not get hampered as much so it's like again Ferrari just keeps finding themselves in these positions where this was like one of the strongest tracks they could perform at, because it would be harder to uh, for Red Bull to dominate. So we thought, um, and they just kind of threw away points at a couple different places during the race uh, during the weekend.
0: Yeah, and all those names, Steve, that we mentioned so far, are the only people who finished on the uh, the final lap. There, everyone else was a lap down, kind of just the way the race stretched out. Uh, but ninth, tenth. Points finished for both McLaren's drivers. Uh, Top rookie, Oscar Piastri, at this point, looking like it. uh, Finished in 10th, just inside the points. Not a bad day for McLaren, uh, at least on uh, that side of the pond. Uh, Back in the United States, terrible day uh, for (laughs) McLaren. Um, If you're watching Indy 500, uh, I think Zach made the wrong choice. Um, And uh, just going on down, just looking at a few little points from the bottom 10, you know, you're just not used to seeing... Sergio down there, since he's been in a Red Bull uh, in 16th, uh, obviously terrible qualifying. You don't want to be in the back of the pack. Monaco doesn't allow you a lot of options to move up through the field. Um, and uh, Lance Stroll, man, Lance, I just feel like if your daddy wasn't in charge, you might be on the hot seat if you're not already.
1: Yeah, I think you know, you're know you singling out the, the two biggest disappointments of the weekend, because Essentially, the Red Bull and the Aston Martin are the two fastest cars, and obviously, speed is only so much at Monaco. But we have a Red Bull that qualified on pole, and an Aston Martin that qualified on second. And then you look at Lance <laughs> qualified fourteenth, uh, and Sergio obviously, you know, crashed out, so he started twentieth. But then, in in the race, they somehow. Made it worse. Uh, Sergio had to stop a handful of times. He he broke his wing on the uh, the back of Kevin Magnussen. Um, Lance just, I mean, he he's supposed to be kind of a, a wet weather savvy guy. You know, he got a pole in the rain in Turkey. Uh, you know, he he's, he should kind of have a sense of how to drive in the rain. But I I don't think there's any wall he didn't clip it over the course of like two or three laps. He was all over the place ended up finishing last and just um, you know you look at uh, Fernando now is only a couple points away off Sergio which you know is is embarrassing for Red Bull to have such a dominant car and and, and Sergio was someone we thought might have an outside chance competing for the championship but now uh, you know essentially Spain, fernando has a chance at his home race to hop into the number two place but at the same time he's got you know uh 85 of the team's points and now mercedes themselves are only one point away from aston martin right because lance refuses to help his team score points (laughs) and so
0: yeah yeah it's just at this point in the season right you just it Probably not where certain teams expected to be, right, um, given their performance. And, like, uh, although I'm sure the way Checo performed this week maybe gives Red Bull a little bit of, like, breathing room about any driver showdowns or decisions being made about having two championship drivers uh, with that bit of distance. But, um, definitely, no, I mean, there's not... There's probably few people in the field that I want driving from the back to have a chance to win a race or compete than Sergio Perez, right? And it's just a little bit disappointing to see that he couldn't manage to get himself up into a better position, although it's hard to try to move up 10 positions to get into points in Monaco is killer. Um, But the fact that he couldn't make his way through the field a little bit better. But to your point about Lance also, It felt like the way to drive and get speed out of this, we saw it when um, uh, Max had that blistering lap to to out pole essentially, Fernando. You've got to ride the walls. There's a little bit of touching of the walls to do that, right? You've you've got to do that. I feel like people trying to find speed and and push a little bit uh, were really finding that fine line between, you know, getting close and getting a little too close right
1: yeah well Lance found the line crossed it bounced off the line bounced off the next line and it uh, just I, I I don't know if there's ever gonna be a point where Lawrence is going to look at his son and you know give him the old Kendall Roy and say you're, you're not it kid <laughs> then he's gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh, fi- find a replacement but I, I don't He Lawrence. We talked about Lawrence Stroll is serious about making Aston Martin an absolute contender for world championships. And I don't think he can look at one half of his driver lineup right now and say that they can do it. I, I mean, the fact that you're sitting in second, and you should be comfortably in second, but you're not, because you have a, a team on your heels that are just the model of efficiency and will just maximize points at every race that's what they did last year even with a you know not great car Mercedes will make sure to maximize every race and you need two drivers to be able to do that and Aston Martin right now only has one dependable driver uh, Fernando's never finished worse than fourth in six races and Lance has only picked up points in half of them
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, you know, to your point. I honestly believe, and I have a lot of respect for Aston Martin. By hook or by crook, they want to be a top contender. And they don't look like one with Lance sometimes. And that's a blind spot, it looks like, for Lawrence, given it's his son. Um, and you wonder, again, if Lance was doing this at, say, Red Bull, would he have been yanked already or sent down to Alphatari? Um, you know, if he was... On a Williams team, would they be looking to replace him with a younger gun, someone with you know support? But again, it's always hard to say because Lance Stroll is one of those drivers with money behind them, um, so you never know. There's always room for those kinds of guys on the on the on the grid. Uh, but so let's
1: yeah. let, let's talk about uh, you know Monaco. Um, typically, we're in for. You know, more or less a processional snooze fest, start first, finish first. You know, you will, uh, you know, just kind of park the bus and make sure your car is as wide as possible. But did we have a good
0: race this time out? Um, this is the thing. Like, that's probably one of the best qualifyings I've watched in quite some time at I, Definitely I'll, of the year.
1: I told you that that was the best session of F1 we've had this year. Race, qualifying, practice. Like, that was the best, you know, 20 minutes I've watched all year.
0: Right? I just hate that the race can't live up to that without a little rain. <laughs> um, and so, I feel like Monaco gets off the hook because we mentioned all of the strategy and missed opportunities came when people made mistakes in the rain. Right? rain is the great chaos inducer and it gave us some chaos but we also ended up with only eight cars on you know the lead lap um the 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 winner of the race had a almost 28 second gap between him and second um and yeah it's just you know to your point again max and fernando got out front and didn't look back right um so i don't know um uh, I liked the chaos at the end. It made it interesting. It made a nice for nice bookends for a Monaco weekend. Uh, interesting qualifying and then an interesting end to the race, but again, without that rain, we would have watched Max what win by 30 40 seconds, would more cars have been lapped? Uh, I don't know.
1: I I think we would have got a handful more lapped cars. Uh I it would have been interesting to see because, you know, max and Alonso were on alternate strategies Alonso started on the hards so his plan was always to run longer than max uh to get you know that track position and it, it never came to fruition um and you know we we know overtakes don't necessitate a great race because you know there's there's a race out there that's had the most overtakes of all time and like you can't Name what the race is, but you can definitely name, you know, like, uh, you know, Danny's win two years ago or Gasly's win three years ago, you know, and, and they're at Monza, not a ton of passing happening there, so overtakes aren't everything. Um, and you don't want to have to hope for rain for Jeopardy. I, I feel like we got a solid race, you know, I, I don't. Feel like Monaco has necessarily lost his spot on the calendar. I I think it's still worthwhile to race there, if not for qualifying alone. Um, (laughs) I said at the beginning, it's a good thing Logan was in this race because he provided all the overtaking opportunities. (laughs) He (laughs) he dropped three places in one lap. It was kind of uh, kind of disheartening to watch, Uh, and uh, you know, I I think the the rain definitely added some great. You know, spice to it and watching kind of people flail around and, and figure out what to do. I, I, I still don't think Kevin Magnuson has pitted yet for his intermediate tires yet. Um, but at, then again, you know, you look at the finishing order and, you know, who started first, finished first. Who started second, finished second. Who started third, finished third. and And everybody who started in the top 10, except for Yuki, finished in the top 10. Um, You know, and, 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 you know, shout out to you. Yuki was driving a great race and that, you know, I think he had some brake issues at the end and then uh, ended up losing two spots to both McLarens on one lap and then he ended up finishing 15th. Uh, He deserved a little better.
0: Yeah, you know, again, great qualifying mistakes in qualifying. Like Charles moved him down to six. Had he not been moved down to six, would we have seen him on the podium? right? You know, so little mistakes here and there because of the rain, and that's the difference in the race. Qualifying in a little bit of mistakes when the rain came. And that's it. Otherwise, it's how you qualify. Um, and so, again, it's a beautiful race. Um, beautiful place to have a race, a historical race. Beautiful the crown beautiful. jewel, if you will. But not always a fun race.
1: Well, uh, yeah, you know, this year we can say it was fun, and we can hope that uh, you know next year we get some excitement also. Uh, but let's uh, take a look at how you know we predicted the race would turn
0: out. <laughs> Terribly, at least <laughs> for me.
1: Well, uh, you said Alonzo would get pole. You got very, very close.
0: Oh, Steve, I I cursed very loudly in my and, home when uh, Max dropped down that last lap. Um, but uh, oh well. <laughs>
1: um, it's okay I mean it, it was a good call it's just Max decided to you know uh, Mario Kart wall ride his way to a yeah, you know, just that seems
0: in- to be the trend in all motorsports at this point is screw it let's just ride the wall for extra speed seems counterintuitive but it works
1: <laughs> Well, as long as your suspension can take it I guess why not uh, your second prediction was that Charles would win. Son of a bitch. I like the, re- I, I like the reverse jinx angle, though. You know, the, he's got someone out there with a voodoo doll making sure that he doesn't even have an enjoyable weekend, let alone win. Um, so, you know, put put it on yourself to reverse jinx him, and, well, didn't work out.
0: I'm going to just start picking Max the rest of the year, if that's <laughs> the case. If I have the reverse jinx in me, that's what I'm going to do.
1: Oh, he's ready to finish this year in third place all time and wins. So it'll just be uh, Lewis, Michael Schumacher, and then Max by the time the year
0: is over with. Yeah.
1: So get ready for that. Oh, boy. Uh, And your final prediction was that Logan would finish P20. And that was that was your easy prediction that you thought (laughs) you had in the bag.
0: Oh, man. I mean, he would have had other guys, you know, everyone finish the race. So, Oh, oh, well, I, again, not bad ideas, not bad
1: ideas. It just didn't um, work. like th- this is what happens with every gambler in Vegas. Like you, I've got it. I've got it. There's the end, you know, it's like, I'm going to put everything on. I don't know. I don't gamble. That was a terrible analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, well, you come yeah, within goes, uh, an eye. I'm always
0: reminded. Yeah. I'm always reminded of, of Louis black. Uh, talking about uh, golfing and talking about the most degenerate gamblers are golfers because they think that the course owes them something. And that's never true. <laughs> Golf does not care. Um, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at now, I guess. The same thing is that, I, you know, uh, uh, Charles shouldn't have something weird happen to him as long as he puts it down. He's home. I figure he has a shot. No, he does something stupid in qualifying, costs himself three positions. Um, and then definitely no way in hell you're going to get first from six unless you uh, have a really great day or some luck, right? And so, you know, that that got me, you know, phenomenal job by Max, got me on Alonso, And, you know, uh, Logan made sense. He was the worst car on the track, but other cars decided they wanted to not finish the race. So that
1: bumped him up. I love how at one point, they pitted him for soft tires because they didn't have any hard tires left, and they decided we're just going to use this as a learning experience to teach him about managing his tires. So they put him out on soft tires for like 25 laps, just just because. Um, so you've
0: got to find silver linings, right? And I, I goes whether he's around long enough to 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 see the benefits of those. Um, I you know I don't fault the team for trying to find a silver lining, uh, get put a little data down uh, when you got nothing else better to do. Well, uh, I think you got yeah. me this week.
1: Well, yeah, I I, uh, I had one prediction that we'd have four DNFs because we didn't have any the last time we went racing, so I thought, like a degenerative gambler, the course owed me something, um, <laughs> and. We went a long, long way into the race with everybody still running. And it wasn't until Lance forgot how to use the brake pedal that uh, he became the first retirement. And then Kevin came in and then we ended up just there with two DNFs. So didn't get that one. I thought a non-Red Bull driver would win. I was thinking Fernando had the chance to, uh, you know, snatch first place from Max did not happen, but I did say we'd have a brand new podium finisher for the year and Esteban came through finishing third, so I'll take the point for a new podium finisher.
0: Very nice, very nice. Um, and I like seeing new podium finishers um, and I'm glad Esteban got one again. Did incredible qualifying. It's, uh, it's a hell of a qualifying lap to get out there and put that Alpine uh, third and was able to hold on to it. I know that there was a, some chatter about some of the, that, that early uh, crash or whatever that damaged some of the cars kind of holding up everyone beyond P2 um, and kind of creating that train going around. But I don't know. Again, there, there's the class of the field right now, and it looks like it's Max and followed by uh, Fernando. And everybody else is trying to play catch up and don't get me wrong. It felt like there was some catching up done this week, but uh, ultimately uh, we made a lot of dart throws at Monaco and uh, (laughs) only one of us got anywhere close to a bullseye. So, right.
1: Well, I keep in mind last year, there was only one podium finisher outside of, you know, essentially the top three teams, you know, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, um, And it was Landon Norris, and he had one podium. Everybody else was in that top six. Uh, And already this year, you know, we have uh, six different podium finishers. And, you know, Esteban's not up there, you would say, in the the top six drivers of this year. Certainly not in the top three teams, as Alpine are sitting fifth. Um, And then Max and Charles each have one. So, you know, you think if... Carlos and George and somehow Lance, who hasn't sniffed one yet, even in as good a car as you have, uh, you know, we might have a little bit better uh, field spread this year if it kind of pans out this way, outside of the, you know, top two positions, that is.
0: Yeah, maybe we are seeing a little bit more parity. I don't know if that's because certain top teams are coming back to the field, or certain teams are coming up in the field it's hard to say um but we are you know seeing enough i think to make it a little bit interesting but again what we're hoping for at this point is who's going to get up on the podium with largely the red bulls fernando and you know that's that's the case right even mercedes and ferrari are in that mix even though they're supposed to be top teams you can't guarantee that they're always consistently going i do hope the new changes though for mercedes makes them a little bit more competitive for seconds and thirds if not a a win or two before the end of the season
1: yep and i think that segues perfectly into uh upcoming this week in barcelona be a big test for all the teams who brought upgrades
0: Yes, it will. Um, and again, a home race for two drivers, which is awesome to see. Uh, two drivers maybe going in different directions. Uh, one on the Ascension, looking for his dangerously close to his first win. Uh, be lovely. I would love to see Fernando get his first win of the season um, at home. Uh, I'd also love to see Carlos get back on a Schneid with a good performance, if not a win, at his home as well. Yeah. Um, so I
1: mean, F- uh, Fernando has won in Spain before in front of his home crowd. Uh, so I guess I might be leaning towards Carlos getting a a shot at home to win his home race. Um, you know, just just personally, I, if either one of them won, it, it'd be fantastic because it's not Max winning.
0: <laughs> well, that in the in the hometown flair. but I I'm uh I, I always think it's fun when someone wins their home race. Uh, it's nice it's nice to see. But yeah, um, so
1: so far the tally uh, we had, you know, Australia with Oscar, didn't happen. Miami with Logan didn't happen. Monaco with Charles didn't happen. So that leaves us with uh, Spain, Canada, Great Britain, uh, the Netherlands, Japan, Mexico, and two more USA races for a winning home driver. And I think Max will just win on everybody's home turf.
0: Wouldn't that be annoying? <laughs> <Wouldn't> that
1: be... <laughs> he, he's three for three so far, winning on other drivers' home turf.
0: Yeah, that's going to be – I wonder, like, you know, well, I mean, he's chasing something, obviously, but I'm just curious Are we going to get to a point in the season before I'd like to see it where he could just not drive the rest of the season and let Danny take his seat um, <laughs> just so it, he can have a little fun, right? Like, uh, if, he, if
1: he if he has it wrapped up by Vegas, just let Danny drive.
0: Right, I, that's what Red Bull. Can you do me a solid? Can you just let Danny drive if uh, Max has won? I know Max likes to rack up those wins. He's obviously going for all time greatness, so you never take an opportunity off the the field to win. But uh, Danny, get a nice couple, two, three races possibly um, under his belt in the Red Bull. Let's try him out to see if he might be a Checo replacement uh showcase him a little bit maybe for another team if he's out there for whatever show hes still got it do me a solid, and also I think that would uh i think i'd still that would give you credit for one of your season long uh ones without having to get rid of Chekhov.
1: right so i mean if if he wins you know if he wins every race from from here to you know before vegas like you know, he'll have the championship wrapped up. He'll have the record for most wins in a season. He'll have the record for most consecutive wins. Like there's nothing else for him to race for this year. Like you've you've already you know booked it all. Just just let Danny get a shot. You know at Vegas. That's all he wants to do is drive in Vegas. Let, let the guy have a have a day. You know.
0: I just want to see someone get the trophy at the end of the season while he's wearing like you know a Hawaiian shirt or something because he didn't race that day. That's what I want Max to do for me. I, I,
1: yeah, present it to him while he's like racing at home on his sim. Like,
0: right. Uh, yeah.
1: Knock at the door, like, oh, my cats are meowing. Somebody's here. I'm like, oh, it's the trophy. Oh, thanks. All right, just leave yeah, it right yeah. there. I'm on the uh, you know 24 hours of Le Mans
0: live sim, or just are watching the race with Tom Cruise or something like that. Just just do something like that, right? Um, let's spice up the season a little bit. Seeing how it seems to be inevitable, right? Right. Um, that'll be fun. So I think that will do it for this edition of the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 podcast. Again, I'm Ryan Vasquez.
1: I'm Steven McNally. We will talk to you again later this week uh, to preview the Spanish Grand Prix, which, uh, to remind you, is where Max got his first ever career F1 win.
0: Oh, good for him. Maybe it can be his last. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I again I don't like to hate on Max too much. Uh, it, you know, and it's all out of respect. He is a great driver. Uh, yeah. But but man, it's it's hard to watch. The bad guys in this instance, and the Red Bulls are our bad guys. You know, kind of just yeah. like, curb stomp us all the time. So. But you
1: know, we 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 and we you know we said we were signing off, but you know this just. Uh... You know, was something I wanted to talk about. Where you have these, you know, dominant villain types in the sport, who just follow this track of becoming beloved. You know, Michael Schumacher was a dick to people, and people were so tired of. Like he won five straight champions. Like they, but then the elder statesman of the sport became you know beloved, and then obviously him uh, having his health issues, everyone uh, just speaks to him, speaks about him in the highest of praise and then the same thing happened with uh, sebastian vettel no one liked him when he was winning at red bull eventually at the twilight of his career everybody's pulling for him and when he pulls out the odd podium it's as good as a win um now look at fernando alonso who you know even took time away from the sport and uh, essentially was well off into retirement Now he's as competitive as ever, and people are are pinching themselves to have him back up at the front every week. So I I think there'll be a time where, you know, this, you know, hatred turns to respect. Respect turns to admiration then turns to just, you know, fandom at some point. So, you know, I, I think we're just in this iteration of the cycle of Max where it's, take it easy, pal. What do you got to prove?
0: So now we will conclude this edition of the Red, White, and Blue Flights F1 podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez.
1: I'm Sue McNally, and we'll catch you next time across the line.